Greetings from the Pumpkin Patch and welcome fellow Halloweeniacs to the Jack-O-Lantern Press Podcast on the Weird Network where we discuss monsters and Halloween. My name is Michael Piccarella. And my name is Tom Piccarella. It's Monster Monday when Tom and I briefly profile a monster of the week. I'll give a short history, Tom will share strengths and weaknesses, then we'll finish by mentioning a few cool items and some media that feature the creature. This Monday's monster, The Haunted Vehicle. just heard there were sounds and music from the 1971 made-for-TV movie Duel. Then there was stuff from the 1977 film The Car and Bad to the Bone from the opening of the 1983 film Christine. Tonight, we're taking you for a spin in a doom buggy. Your attention, please. Restless spirits have halted our progress. Please remain seated in your doom buggy, and we will continue our tour. Ah, that's better. If that sounds like what you hear when you're boarding a doom buggy at Disneyland's Haunted Mansion, that's because Tom and I are, in fact, boarding a doom buggy for we're going to explore and test drive some of the coolest haunted vehicles to hit the road and beyond. Uh, By the way, some little doom buggy trivia here from DisneyDining.com. Doom buggies, Tom, I don't know if you know this, uh, even though you've ridden the ride a million times, can rotate in any direction, allowing you to experience all that Haunted Mansion has to offer. Doom buggies only hold a couple of people, which was intentional. What better way to make guests feel like they're truly wandering alone in a haunted house? Disney Imagineers also discovered that placing speakers directly inside each Doom buggy made guests feel even more uneasy, while the high back on each Doom buggy creates a visual blockade so that you'll never know what's coming next until you're there. I bring that up, Tom, because it is pretty interesting that you don't know what's behind you. And I don't know if you remember this, but around like the mid-1980s in the Haunted Mansion, when Not Scary Farm was getting really popular, there was a time when, I can't remember where in the Haunted Mansion, it was early on, but you were going backwards and it would turn and some an actual person dressed up as... I don't remember what, but he actually would scare people in the ride. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? <clears throat> yeah, oh yeah. That was uh that was in the where the hallway is where the candelabra was floating. Remember he was hanging yeah, out. Yeah, it seemed in, like in the maybe the that, doorways or something when you're yeah, going where, through where there. Yeah, where the like the the one of the doors were bulging and you have your back facing the right side of the room and you're looking at the clock and the door and then when it started turning to to 
like uh, turn to the other Spin side. Spin you he around, was standing yeah. right there, and he was drilling people. It didn't I do last remember long. That. It was neat. I, I feel like it was like one or two years, and then they got rid of it. But I do remember that, and I remember thinking, I don't know if I l- thought it was cool or if I thought it kind of stood out as like different from the rest of the ride. <laughs> like just out of nowhere, there was just some dude. But yeah, it I was something that, that, that they if did. They should have done. They should have done something a little bit different. That wasn't the appropriate spot. I don't feel. I mean, if they were going to scare people, they should have done it, you know, maybe in the graveyard, you know, or I I just don't think right there. You're just you're just starting to get into it right there. Uh, So it just wasn't a very good spot, which is probably why they took it out. Or maybe they took it out because people were freaking out. But but it it was neat. I I don't I don't think they they should have left it in, but it was neat. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a good little experiment. But I got to tell you, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited about this evening's episode. You know, as a kid, one of my favorite things of all time was toy cars, matchbox cars, Hot Wheels. Um, and so to do an episode on cars and monsters, because we're talking about haunted vehicles, like this is definitely going to be... A fun one, I, and I probably got a little too carried away with uh, my my research. So when don't we get too carried away with research? So every time we look at stuff, we always load this thing up with as much as we can find. But that's the best part about making these episodes, which is one of the reasons why a lot of the times it takes us a while to gather up information and then come back and you know have you guys listen to the. We want people to walk away when they listen to these episodes and be curious enough to either go look up the things that we have found or just, oh yeah, hey, I didn't I didn't know that or I didn't didn't even think about anything like that. That's the one of the things that I like about doing these Monster Mondays is so people can could actually uh uh, you know, come back or, or or even be sitting at their desk or if they're cruising along in their car and then all of a sudden they're like, oh man, dude, I, I need one. When I get home, I'm going to look that up. I had no idea that was something. That that's that. If, if we get that, uh, that's success to me. Yeah, hopefully they get, people get as excited about this topic as, as we do. Um, I definitely did as I was digging deeper. It was like, thinking of more and more things and so anyway we'll try and move it along but yeah all right so i'm all filled up tom you got a full tank of gas for this one i do i'm actually uh got my my uh cup from disneyland of the mad hatter right now oh nice the maddest uh hatter of them all very cool oh i did want to mention that uh later in the show tom and i will be choosing the best vehicles of horror um and we're going to be pulling from a list that bloodydisgusting.com put together. So during the show, all, all you listeners out there, maybe be thinking of some of your favorite vehicles from horror movies. Um, see if we or Bloody Disgusting miss, miss the mark with our choices. Or if we're dead on, dead on with our picks. Oh yeah, wait, one other thing. Let me clarify on the mug in case people are like, why in the heck did he bring up the Mad Hatter? Well, this mug is, it says, the maddest hatter of them all, but it's actually the, um... Oh, the, the... the hat uh, box. Hat, hat box, box ghost. ghost. 
Yeah, so that ah. he they actually have him in in with the the hat on, and it says he's the maddest hatter of them all. It's it's neat mug. That's it. That seems like it it fits right in with uh, what we're doing. All right, cool. Well, without further ado, let's pull down on the safety bar and uh, dig in. Do not pull down on the safety bar, please. Oh, whoops. I will lower it for you. Sorry about that. And heed this warning. The spirits will materialize only if you remain quietly seated at all times. Okay, so first off, there's, um, since we're in a doom buggy, there is, there's some interesting history about doom buggies themselves, but I didn't want to get too far off topic. So I do want to add a link that's from the doombuggies.com website. It kind of talks a little bit about the, the doom buggy itself. Pretty interesting stuff. So if, if you want to check that out, uh, it is in the show notes. So uh, you can dig into that. But basically, the origins of the haunted vehicle certainly vary from one vehicle to another. Um, And uh, so, yeah, you've got uh, those vehicles where the evil is kind of a mystery. So in the movies like Christine in the car. So Christine is a that's a 1958 Plymouth Fury, which came off the 1957 assembly line of one of Chrysler's automobile plants in Detroit, Michigan. This car basically came out evil, and in the movie, at least, um, it kills one of the workers who's smoking in the car's front seat. So it seems they didn't really explain where that evil comes from. It was just kind of there. The movie The Car, that car is a modified demonic 1971 black Lincoln Continental Mark III that's either the devil or some other demon with no visible driver. The car exists to destroy and like many horror antagonists is almost completely unstoppable despite the hero's best efforts to defeat it. In the 2019 sequel of the car, which I just watched yesterday, it's called The Car, Road to Revenge. It, By the way, that thing's currently streaming on Netflix, so if you want to check it out, it's there. But that car is possessed by the spirit of District Attorney James S. Caddick after he was killed by gangsters throwing him off a building onto his car. Coming back to life as the car, Craddock embarks through the dystopian cyberpunk city for vengeance on his murderers. It's, eh, it's an okay movie. I'm not worried too much about it. But now there are extraterrestrial forces that can take over or haunt a vehicle as seen in the 1974 film Killdozer, which I also just watched. A meteorite crashes onto the Earth's surface countless years later after natural forces have buried it and restored the local environment. Six construction workers begin work there and with a bulldozer uncover the meteorite which then emits a strange sound. When the bulldozer is used to try to shift the meteorite, it emits a blue light that moves to and seems to possess the bulldozer. Chaos ensues. Now, you've also got the vehicle that just makes the driver mad, and that's kind of the explanation that I'm giving to the 1971 T-34 
TV movie Duel, which depicts a truck driver in a Peterbilt needle-nose model 281 rig who has just a hint of road rage. Um, that's kind of shown really well in the 1950 classic goofy cartoon Motor Mania, which I'm going to link in the show notes because that cartoon rules, but... It shows how some people are quite normal until they get behind the wheel of their chosen vehicle. Mr. Walker, as shown in the cartoon, becomes Mr. Wheeler. Mr. Walker lives in a quiet, respectable neighborhood. He is a typical average man, considered a good citizen and of average intelligence. He is a kindly man, courteous, punctual, and honest. Good morning, Mr. Walker. Good morning to you, Mr. Geef. Lovely day. Mr. Walker wouldn't hurt a fly, nor step on an ant. He believes in live and let live. Mr. Walker owns a motor car and considers himself a good driver. But once behind the wheel, a strange phenomenon takes place. Mr. Walker is charged with an overwhelming sense of power. His whole personality changes. Abruptly, he becomes an uncontrollable monster, a demon driver. Mr. Walker is now Mr. Wheeler, a motor. Hey, Keith, watch where you're going, stupid! Anyway, like I said, I'm going to include a link, so if you want to watch that whole cartoon, if you haven't seen it. Tom, you said you didn't really remember that cartoon? Yeah, I, I don't, and I, I need to go back and, and watch that again, because I bet as soon as I start watching it, I'll go, oh yeah, that's right, because I'm sure we watched the heck out of that when we were younger. Yeah, it's definitely one of the best, and that particular cartoon is what made me like Goofy the best, but yeah, basically... He the car turns him into a maniac. So I don't know if the car is necessarily haunted or if just being behind the wheel with that kind of power, you know, makes the driver a maniac. And so in a sense you that mean car like a little bit of road rage makes somebody a little bit of road rage. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So there there's also vehicles that operate in another dimension. Um, and that would be like Twilight Zone Tower of Terror, the ride it, that was at California Adventure. I think it's still in the Florida location, but now it, it, at California Adventure, it's Guardians of the Galaxy, which is kind of a bummer because that ride was always really cool, but haunted nevertheless. Um, but one clear origin story of a haunted vehicle, which I'll kind of get a little more into, comes from R.L. Stein's book, The Haunted Car. In the book, we learn that 14-year-old Becca Douglas some time ago had taken her father's car out for a joyride. This joyride leads to her death. Mr. Douglas then becomes so distraught that he's desperate to get rid of the car. And at some point, Becca starts haunting the car and, t and tells her twin sister that she plans to get revenge for dying so young. So that's why she haunts that, that car. Now... In the Goosebooks Monster Survival Guide, which came out when the, the movie did, I wanted to read a little section about the haunted car. 
Okay. This is the car of your dreams. Deep, shiny blue with a white leather interior. Sleek fenders, snazzy headlights, classy, not a scratch on it. The engine revs up which, with a steady roar. Powerful. Open the door. Get behind the wheel. You don't want to? Actually, you don't have a choice because this car will call you. Go ahead, you'll hear it whisper. Climb in. A chill will run down your spine. Run, you'll tell yourself. Get away, now. But you're not in control anymore. Your hand will reach out to open the door. You'll try to pull it away, but you won't be able to. That's right, you'll hear the whisper again. It's a girl's whisper, soft and cruel. Come on in. You'll slip in behind the wheel. You'll see the dazzling dashboard with its glowing dials. Sweet, you'll think, until you hear the locks click shut. So yeah, that's Becca. And she's haunting that car. I need to get that book as well. You have uh, well, I have the survival book. guide, oh. but I don't have the haunted car oh. uh, goosebumps book. It's pretty. I, it's I pretty I good. Get it's it fun. Just read it. Yeah, Sometimes actually, I got those it. Are fun. I got that one probably less than a year ago, I think, and I just read it. It was pretty, pretty neat. But, uh, but yeah, and then of course one last. Um, bit of uh, one other way cars or vehicles can be haunted is they can be programmed to be haunted but I didn't uh, talk much about I didn't research much of that because I figured you would probably get more into that Tom because you're more into that kind of thing yeah I mean just to kind of kind of capitalize a little bit off of off of what you were talking about before I get into the powers and abilities unless you're are you finished no, yeah, that's uh, that's basically my history. So there were there are also a boatload of different types of vehicles that I wanted to throw out there. Obviously, you have your regular cars, you know, your Christine and and stuff like that. Those. Those other cars, whether we're talking about realism or even in haunted movies, horror movies, and and sort of the sci-fi type stuff, you have, you know, the regular cars that are taken over by technologies, hackers, or even the supernatural, like the one we're sitting in right now. But then you also have, you know, a, a few of these these other ones like UGVs or unmanned ground vehicles. Uh, UAVs, which are unmanned aerial vehicles, and USVs, which are unmanned surface vehicles. You also have the Doom Buggies, which you already mentioned. You have Phantom Cars. You have just regular haunted cars. You have Cursed Cars, Spectral Cars. Wait, real quick. What's the difference between Phantom Cars and Haunted Cars? I, I, I don't know. I was just throwing <laughs> out this list. Oh, you okay. could say that a phantom car could be considered a, a a haunted car, but what's the difference between a haunted car and a cursed car? You can have mm. one that just looks eerie, and then you have another one that's cursed. So if you get into it and you're cruising down the road, uh, then as you're cruising down the road, you could crash that thing, and it's just considered a cursed car. It's kind of like I was reading when I did some of this research, and on a website, of course, it's monster.fandom.com, Ghost Car, which we'll link in the show notes, they went off on like all of this this realistic um, stuff, like James Dean's Porish. That has a whole story behind it about how James Dean 
bought this car, drove it, got into a fatal accident, and then sold the car to another person who ended up getting killed in it. And I guess that thing car got sent somewhere else. And so that's the differences that I'm talking about with these different car types. So a wow. Phantom car Did and a Haunted car. I, yeah, His, I'm not, the car he crashed in, someone drove it and also crashed and died in it? Yeah. Wow. So there's there's like this whole little story. And I wish I could find where I was reading that. I didn't link the article that where I originally found it. Um, but that was the the saying behind that. I mean, you also have like John F. Kennedy's limousine. There's a, a bunch mm. of other stuff that was linked that had, I don't know if it's real or not. I mean, some of this stuff goes into like Japanese uh, and, and global folklore for ghost taxis. There's a, a red car for something in Mexican folklore that I'm not even 100% sure what that that is. But to go back to the different types of cars, that's they're, they're uh, categorizing these for some reason. You have a spectral car. You have ghostly cars. Horror Wait, where does this list come from? This list is coming from... Oh, you know, I forgot to even put the link. Hold on one sec, because it might be in this... We could put some uh, intermission music here if uh, while you look that up. Yeah, you know what? I don't have it. Oh, man. I unfortunately don't have it. Kind of wish right. I did. Well, maybe if you find this, it later, actually, we can put it this in the list, show notes. This, this list is not, now that I'm sitting here looking at it, this list was not something I found online. I think this list I found in various places and then just put it all together into my own list. Ah, uh, okay. But you also have wraiths on wheels. You got possessed cars. Um, of course, you have Dracula's coach, which you're going to bring up. And then I threw in UFOs because, honestly, uh, that that's an Man. alien's vehicle. So It is a vehicle, yeah. Yeah, that works. So then you have the habitats, which I think this is neat because I'm always looking at, like, the world. And when I, when I think of stories and stuff, I always like the world-building aspect of when people, you know, put stuff together. So you got... Lonely roads, abandoned streets, which, you know, I guess that's kind of along the same lines. Rural zones, dark cities, forgotten forests, and forbidden places. Now, these were just some of the some of the stuff as we dig further into, into you know, different um, vehicles. There's probably a slew of other stuff. But I was just thinking, you know, to get people excited about that. You know, there's different habitats that the cars and the vehicles and stuff like that come from. Uh, which is kind of fun. But when we get into the powers and abilities, this is what I think is kind of neat. Because looking at this from several different perspectives, uh, this is kind of what I came up. So if we look at, like, Christine, for instance, that is almost... It, it, you go back to the different types, it's it's cursed. But then I was reading something else that, that talked about how an evil come you know when when somebody dies that evil comes into a possession of something else like a car for instance to get back kind of like in goosebumps um haunted car but the one thing that i when i was reading 
I was thinking about that movie Christine and it has regeneration. So after it right, crashes, right. it puts itself back together. So you got possession, you got sentience or sentience, um, regeneration, of course. You have mind control of the owners, which is kind of oh, like uh, uh, like uh, dual. Soul absorption. Uh, so it basically could pull somebody's, like an evil soul out of somebody and then possess the car. And then I kind of went into like some of the more techie stuff, like a car that is capable of just taking over, maybe not from, you know, like a, a an evil, but you can have like cars even nowadays, you know, look at the Teslas, they're all packed with like all kinds of technology that someone could take over. So for instance, like sensors, you got all the artificial intelligence. If you remove the human element out of a car, you're essentially allowing that car to go have extended driving periods. Now, where I got some of this information is from How to Survive a Robot Uprising from Daniel H. Wilson, which is a fantastic book. Classic book. I also got part of this information from How to Build a Robot Army, which is yet another Daniel H. Wilson book. And then another little bit of this is Where's My Jetpack, which once again is another Daniel H. Wilson book. Now, this guy used to be, I think, some sort of, um, wasn't he like a, a, a yeah, he was designing engineer? like smart tech. Yeah, he was an engineer. You, you can't remember now that I have the book in front of me, actually. Uh, but he was working on like smart technology, like artificial intelligence. But I thought it was kind of cool, too, that, you know, he talks about, where was that? How to, uh, how to oh, survive yeah. a... If a car is chasing you. Yeah. And different vehicles yeah, and what was... their powers and abilities are, like what their weaknesses are, like how you can escape a specific vehicle. Oh, yeah. I was going to get into like some of that, some of that stuff. Oh, cool. Um, but let me, let me finish some of these powers and abilities as well. So on, on some of these cars... We have stereo cameras, we got laser range finders, night vision, radar. We have route planning with, uh, with mapping using orbiting uh, satellites. We got GPS to gather terrain maps, solar panels, batteries, backup systems on board with microcontrollers and PLCs. You got cloud control uh, with cellular type communication. And the one thing that I think a lot of people usually forget is the devastating uh, uh, weaponry that they have on these dang things. So, in the Daniel H. Wilson book, he goes into how to survive a car chase with any unmanned ground vehicle, and he goes into some pretty detailed stuff. He, he says, get off the road, <clears throat> head for unfamiliar territory in case if the GPS system's you know, don't have, uh, you know, that map downloaded, then it has to improvise. Um, if you go into an off-road area where there's a bunch of trees and uh, a bunch of, like, tall grass and stuff, it could get, um, it could get, you know, sort of uh, messing up its sensors and all that, which he kind of goes into. Then he says, escape 
Escape the vehicle at right angles. So if you're running forward, then just stop and go 90 degrees basically and then cut across, you know, like almost like you're you're going down a football field and you're going to juke somebody out. You know, you you just do that cuz I guess it would throw off some of the sensor's uh detection systems. Then he's talking about deploying obstacles or and decoys, so like getting things in the way, and then at that point just basically making a run for it. I just thought it was kind of neat how he like put together this whole sort of slew of things. But there's really yeah, at the it's end like of the all day, realistic stuff. It, all of it makes sense. And here you're reading this book on how to survive a robot uprising, but all these things, which he even talks about in the beginning of the book are all based on, you know, scientific and engineering facts. Uh, the things that would throw off, you know, an, an engineered uh, piece of a vehicle. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, and obviously, if we, if we sat here and started talking about, like, more of the realistic stuff, I mean, even if, even if you blew that thing up, evaporated it, 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 you could just say, well, the the darkness behind the the car gets transferred to another car, and then it gets transferred to another car. So eventually, you would just have to somehow hone in on the darkness or the evil of the vehicle. So I mean, it, it, in a way, it's pretty powerful. Uh, it's a pretty powerful monster when you think about it, because it's it's kind of the evil, the curse. Or, you know, taking uh, taking control of, of people and then having them do something behind a car. Because obviously a car is considered somewhat of a weapon if you think about it. I mean, you got several thousand pound vehicles going at rapid speeds. You know, that could cause a lot of damage. So, um, but anyways, I mean, that's kind of what I had as far as the powers and abilities. You know, I think the probably the coolest power that I that I liked of of just some of like in the Christine movie was the regeneration I, I kind of focused probably a little bit more on that one more than anything but I thought that one was neat because those effects even back in that day when that movie came out was neat um, yeah definitely because the car got put back together I mean I just thought the way they did that was well done and the fact that you could crush that car completely and and then all of a sudden overnight that thing just puts itself back together <laughs> like i just thought that was that was cool nice all right well um some movie movies tv shows books um that feature the haunted vehicle um I mean, if you're going to take a spin in a haunted vehicle, in the haunted vehicle movie genre, you're going to need to check out these three essential films. So first off, Duel from 1971. It's Steven Spielberg's um, first movie, which he made for TV. And just a little trivia from that movie. Um, when This is from IMDb. When Carrie Lofton, playing the truck driver, asked Steven Spielberg what his motivation was for tormenting the car's driver, Spielberg told him, you're a dirty, rotten, no-good son of a bitch. <laughs> and Lofton <laughs> replied, kid, you hired the right man. Uh, one other piece of trivia. 
According to Richard Matheson, who wrote the the movie, he was inspired to write the original short story Duel after an encounter with a tailgating truck driver on November 22, 1963, the day that John F. Kennedy was assassinated. just thought that was pretty interesting trivia. But yeah, Duel is one of the one of my favorite uh, killer car well this in this case truck movies ever made um, then another essential one the car from 1977 and of course Christine from 1983 some films that um, one of our sponsors for today's show uh, CJ Brzezinski um, shared with me basically he he has a YouTube channel called found this and I call him eBay because this guy can find anything you're looking for that haunted house Tom that paper one we had as kids he yeah. found that thing even though it was a hundred bucks but he found I, I sent I described it I said about when we had it so I was like it's got to be like 70s 80s and he found the dang thing. Well, that's what he does. He I finds almost things. bought it. I, almost I really bought that wanted thing. to, but um, but anyway, yeah, he he finds things and sells things on eBay, and so I was telling him about us doing this episode, and he found a bunch of movies that I didn't even know existed. But anyway, he's one of the sponsors of the show. I wanted to uh, promote his his YouTube channel. It's called Found This. I'll leave a uh, link in the show notes so anyone interested in seeing what he's digging up and selling, definitely check him out. But the movies that he found that I didn't even know existed um, was, uh, so one of them is Crash from 1976, The Hearse from 1980, The Wraith from 1986, Wheels of Terror from 1990, and from 2010 is this weird-looking movie called Rubber. And this is the story of Robert, an inanimate tire that has been abandoned in the desert and suddenly and inexplicably comes to life. And <laughs> this movie just looks whack. It's literally a tire that goes around causing mayhem. Um, I haven't seen the movie. I watched the trailer, and uh, yeah, it looks pretty crazy. So again, that's called Rubber from 2010 and those films found and shared by cj brzezinski from the youtube channel found this um, a couple other films or a few other films killdozer from 1974 maximum overdrive from 1986 that's the the film that stephen king directed which i have not seen all of but i heard is a big old mess but um, then there's The Car, Road to Revenge, I was telling you about earlier from 2019. Um, and then, of course, we can't forget the Goosebumps movie from 2015. Some great books to check out. I believe I've mentioned these before on, on our podcast somewhere. But there are two anthologies. Uh, the first one's called 18 Wheels of Horror a trailer full of trucking terrors loaded, driven, and edited by Eric Miller. And then there's a sequel to that book called 18 Wheels of Science Fiction, a long haul into the fantastic, also loaded, driven, and edited by Eric Miller. I wanted to give you a quick little taste from um, 18 Wheels of Horror from Paul Carlson's Forward. 
he writes, Civilization rolls on 18 wheels. Truckers are out there day and night on roadways all over, bringing darn near every item your family might want to need. Want or need, sorry. Truckers are a welcoming bunch. It doesn't matter if you're a tattooed ex-con or a burned out neurosurgeon. If you can pass the requisite tests, you'll soon find yourself behind the wheel of a big rig. Every trucker has some gripping tales to tell about a whole range of unusual experiences. Even so, such literature has always been rare, whether written by truckers or about them. Several dozen romance novels center upon truckers, along with a similar number of science fiction stories. As for trucking mystery tales, there are, to the best of my knowledge, only two in print, one novel and one short story. Ah, and then there's horror. Truckers are often far from home in unfamiliar places working alongside complete strangers. The possibilities for trouble are endless. Here in Your Hands is a great new anthology with 18 hair-raising stories from talented authors. Read and enjoy, then say a prayer for those intrepid truckers who are speeding past you in the evening gloom. Anyway, um, yeah, those books are really great. A lot of cool short stories from the trucker's perspective and um, definitely worth checking out. There is there is one thing I wanted to bring up just going back a little bit to to when you asked me about what's the difference between the cars. So it's kind of funny uh, as I was just, just looking at different definitions. So a ghost car are usually like cars that, if you think about ghosts, um, they're kind of like lost souls that that uh, are unable to move on, and they roam the earth uh, and appear to their loved ones. So you could think of like the ghost car could be, you know, something significant in that regard. Phantoms, I I still believe are, are phantoms are 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 things that that haunt places that are bound to specific items. So I remember that from a Dungeons and Dragons thing where, where they're bound to like a building or a specific house or a place, but they can't leave that. And then wraiths are just angry spirits or ghosts that, that basically, you know, their one goal is, is to go after you and they're just pissed off the entire time. So I think those are the distinctions between those three uh, that I wanted to clarify. Yeah, I think that kind of helps. I, that certainly could probably be episodes on on the differences alone. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, okay, so I had a couple more things. Uh, these these are TV shows. So I brought up, uh, if you want to call Goofy Motor Mania a TV show, but it's a short. Then the original Twilight Zone, uh, Season 5, Episode 14 from 1964 is an episode called You Drive which is uh, about a haunted car. There's a really great, great, my favorite um, episode of R.L. Stein's The Haunting Hour, Season 1, Episode 17 from 2011. It's called Catching Cold. And this is a haunted ice cream truck, which has this creepy, creepy uh, ice cream truck music that you're listening to right now. 
that entire episode is on YouTube, and we're going to leave that link in the show notes. Definitely worth checking out. Then you've got the Wolf Wagon on Groovy Ghoulies. times have I told you no driving in the lobby? Now don't panic, Jack Baby. I was just showing Frankie here my convertible wolf wagon. Looky. Real hairy, huh, man? Hey! Looks like Orville's having a lunch. Lunch. Now get that monstrosity out of here! Jack Baby, you are just, like, not with it, man. And the wolf, the Wolfman was always my favorite in that cartoon, and his wolf wagon was was definitely pretty awesome, um, and that's worth checking out as well. And one last thing, and that is Scooby Doo and the Goblin King from 2008, um, and that has the Afterworld Express, which is kind of like Halloween's Polar Express, and uh, and that's a pretty fun. Uh, Halloween cartoon with that cool train which is haunted so right check out that freaky freight train yeah freaky attention afterworld express with one way non-stop service to sleepy hollow Corner and Ghost Central Station. Alright, and if you're in Transylvania and you're looking for some haunted vehicles and killer cars, you're going to want to head down to downtown Transylvania over there on Killer Corner in the Pushcart District for the dilapidated Car Factory. That's the manufacturer behind such evil wheelers as Christine, the infamous Blood Red 58 Plymouth Fury with the Furious Temper, and Mr. Duel, the Peterbilt Needle Nose Model 281 with the severe case of road rage. Along Hell's Highway and Red Devil's Highway, mostly in the Valley of Doom, you might just run into Hell Driver, or he'll run into you. El Diablo Truck Stop off Hell's Highway is another good stop to make if you want to find Hell on Wheels. And then, of course, Robot Ranch in the Mad Science District has its own projects to watch out for. And, of course, if you want to find out how to get to these places, you're going to need to go to jackolanternpress.com and you're going to need to purchase Transylvania Traveler, which is a travel guide to and through the monster universe of Transylvania. Um, and that's where you're going to get information about Hell Driver and all those locations I just brought up. So one thing that I want to bring up as well here that hopefully you're not forgetting 
is the bloody disgusting.com. That was what, yeah, I was just going to bring that up. <laughs> oh, is that, is that what you're going to jump into? I thought maybe you were, you were going to miss that. Nope. Yeah. So, um, that was, uh, there's, so there's basically going to be a link that we'll provide in the show notes. If you guys want to pull that up right now, it's a, it's from bloody disgusting and the article is called celebrating the 13 most famous cars in horror. Um, we've talked about a bunch of them, including Christine and Duel and all that. So let's let's list some of these. I don't think they did it in any particular order, but they have Christine, they the fifth, the fifty-eight Plymouth Fury, Phantasm, uh, the seventy-one Plymouth Barracuda, uh, the Evil Dead series, and the seventy-three Oldsmobile Delta eighty-eight, Death Proof which I almost forgot about, the 1970 Chevy Nova. Uh, Duel, of course, the 55 Peterbilt. Maximum Overdrive, the Western Star 4800. The 72 Ford Club Wagon from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I don't know why they call it a wagon. I guess that's what it's called, but it's the van from the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. The 1954 Aston Martin DB24 from The Birds. That's the car Tippy Hedron drove. Uh, then there's the 1977 Chevy Monte Carlo from the original Halloween film, which that is a classic. The 1971 Lincoln Continental from The Car. Ooh, and I forgot about this one. The 1978 Ford Pinto from the movie Cujo. Uh, this God, is I haven't one that's, seen that movie in a long time. Yeah, same same for me. This one is definitely a classic. In fact, I have this Matchbox car. It's a 1959 Ford Thunderbird 76A from the movie Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. That's that black convertible she drives in the movie. And this one, I don't know if you remembered, Tom. The 1959 Cadillac Miller Meteor Ambulance Hearse Conversion from Ghostbusters. I also have that Matchbox car. They didn't bring up the Munsters car, which, but I guess this is just horror. Uh, well, I think that, I think movies. that they, you know, they wanted to have 13. They did. I, I think that's what they were going for because you could bring up so many other ones too. Dude, I think so here. Here are other ones that they missed. The Jeepers Creepers van, the truck that he drives. Oh, yeah. That thing rules. The Mystery Machine. Now, granted, that, that's not really a horror movie. Yeah, but it's still considered haunted. Yeah. Okay, so then also, how about the school bus from the 2007 film Trick or Treat? That's a good one. Um, the black 1955 Chevy 210 from our book that Helldriver drives. Um, you have JoJo's ice cream truck from the 1988 film Killer Clowns from Outer Space. You have Dracula's badass hearse from the 1987 film The Monster Squad. How about Haunted Hayrides? Is that considered a vehicle or the carriage in any of the Dracula movies, which are pretty awesome? But yeah, so... Do you have, I guess the question is, what do you think about Bloody Disgusting's list? And do you have a favorite? Is it on that list or are you pulling from off that list? No, I mean, honestly, they, the, the article for what they accomplished, they did a good job on because they did do pinnacle haunted, um, cars. I think they were trying to stick to the 13 
to have like another element. But I, if I had to pick something on the list, that would be hard. But I've always liked, you know, the Christine vehicle. But that's not my favorite. My favorite is a Doom buggy from the Haunted Mansion, and just because it's neat. And uh, and not only that, we we grew up riding in that thing several times a year, and you know at the end, you know the uh, the the ghost it materializes inside the doom buggy with you at the end, and it's just neat. I mean, we even have that gift that Loretta gave us. That's a doom buggy that I have sitting up on my shelf right now. Yeah, I have mine right here. You press the button. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it, no, it, so they that, do, that's my favorite. The uh, look of, of a doom buggy is pretty awesome. There's something about that shape that's just kind of creepy in itself. But yeah, so I for my favorite vehicle, um, as much as I love the Ghostbusters wagon, my favorite is going to be uh, the 1971 Lincoln Continental Mark III from the movie The Car, especially with that dang horn. Um, it's just such a cool looking vehicle. It's super menacing. That car that, or that horn is awesome. I will say that there's a toy version of that car, um, which we will put a, a link in the show notes for. It's just really expensive, but um, but that thing's pretty awesome. Alright, so that was a heck of a of a show. Oh, you know what? I almost forgot. There was one other thing that I wanted to bring up, and that was an item that you can purchase, which I have I got a magnet of. It's it's uh from Vintage Spooky Company. It's on Etsy, and this thing's called the Spook Bus. And I think I showed you this, Tom. Let me send it to you. But this thing's really awesome. I you could get it in a die cut decoration. You could get a sticker of it. I got the magnet. Here it is. I'm gonna send it to you. But this thing's just really cool. It has uh it has like this ghoul driving the bus. It's called the spook bus. There's a witch in it, there's a pumpkin head and a ghost. Oh yeah, dude, that's sick. Yeah, so that's just good fun right there. It's only five bucks. Yeah, yeah, so it's not bad at all. So, uh, so yeah. yeah anyway, sure you just put a cool that in the show line. notes. Yeah, that'll be in the show notes along with, with the, the car. How much was? Let me see. I'll send you. Well, that the funny part is, is that I think, I think our friends over at Nightmare Three Sixty Five, because Matt, uh, Matt Douglas, um, collects the heck out of magnets for his refrigerators and stuff. I wonder if he even has this one. 
He doesn't, but he should yeah, he get that. he needs to get this one. He'd probably be all over this. And then I just sent you that car, Tom. So that's from the movie, The Car. Yeah, it's 120 bucks. which... <laughs> yeah, you could I'm also get a... Uh, a um, Ghostbusters Lego set uh, that I'll I'll link to you, and you put the whole entire um, Ghostbusters car together. It's it's really neat, to be honest with you. I think I even oh. have it on my my um, my list. Well, we'll throw that in the show notes as well, uh, so that people, if they want to get that, they can because it's it's pretty neat. Nice. All right. So, anything else, Tom? Before uh, we call it a night? No, I think that'll do it. Well, I think we're out of gas for this Monster Monday, and I think uh, we're going to have to just pull off to the road, the side of the road, and uh, call it a night. For more about the Monster Universe and the Monster Revolution that's upon us, go to jackolanternpress.com. There you'll also find our book, Transylvania Traveler, which is a humorous travel guide to and through the Monster Universe. And you can call our pumpkin hotline and leave us a message with any questions, suggestions, or your impressions of the show at 323-761-0276. If you enjoy the show, please give us a rating and a review. It's a big help for the podcast, and we'd greatly appreciate it. Uh, Music in the show includes pieces of film score from the movie Duel by Billy Goldenberg, John Carpenter's music from Christine, music and sounds from Disneyland's Haunted Mansion, Keep a Knockin' from Little Richard from the movie Christine, and playing now, Pledging My Love by Johnny Ace, also from the movie Christine. As always, thank you for joining us, and we'll meet up again soon in the Pumpkin Patch. (laughs) 